In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. This is the fourth Sunday at Baba, and today's Gospel reading tells of one of the three times that our Lord Jesus Christ rose somebody from the dead. Uh, and there, in fact, there are many instances recorded in the Bible where God has indeed rose people from the dead. For example, in the Old Testament, uh, the widow uh, of widow of Zarephath's son was raised by Elijah. The Shunammite woman was raised by Elisha, his disciple. The Israelite man who uh, rolled down and touched the bones of Elisha, uh, he rose again from the dead. And uh, as we said, our Lord raised three people from the dead. Today's story is the, the widow of Nan's son, Jairus, his daughter, and of course, the famous one of Lazarus. We also know that after the crucifixion of our Lord, many of the saints rose up and appeared to many during uh, the, the three days uh, after his crucifixion and, and appeared to many in Jerusalem. And of course, our Lord Jesus Christ himself rose again from the dead. And even after that, that uh, trend continued. You know, we have uh, St. Peter who rose Tabitha from the dead and St. Paul who rose Eutyches from the dead. And also throughout church history, we hear of people who rose from the dead uh, according to the prayers of the saints. Even today, we saw, we read in the Senexarium today that um, the monk who rose from the dead just to deliver a message and then went back to sleep again. Um, our, our Bible, our, our Senexarium and our church history is full of uh, those kind of examples. And maybe one of you can if you have extra time on your hands, can research in the Senexarium all the saints who actually rose people from the dead. But in today's miracle, the impact of this miracle was really huge on the society. Um, the miracle was done openly, and it was with great evidence, just like uh, as in the case of Lazarus, for example. Uh, this was like open in front of uh, very large crowds. Christ himself had a large crowd with him, and there was also another large crowd attending the funeral of the young man. So the, the words large crowd were used twice, one describing the crowd that was with Christ, and one describing the crowd that was at the funeral hovering around the, uh, the mournful widow. And um, so both of them together was a very large crowd. So when they saw the young man sit up, who was once dead, and began to speak, and then presented to the mother, there was no denying the miracle. It was very open and plain to everybody. And as the Bible that we read today said, then fear came upon all and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has risen among us and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all of Judea and all the surrounding region. So the multitudes witnessed it and the miracle caused a great impact on the society of the time and many believed. But one of the interesting things about this story that we read today are the two large crowds that met. And if we look at the differences between the two large crowds, the first large crowd was for a funeral. We have here a mother who was a widow, who had one son, and then this son died. And his body was on the way to be buried. It was a, um, a really sad and pitiful situation. Think of the anguish and the heartache for this widow and for the small town of, that's called Nang. And they all knew her. They, they knew that she was a widow. She only had one son, and then the son died. Um, she faced a very uncertain future, a very depressing future. Along the way, though, the mother was probably behind the procession, probably in great despair and grief. I mean, we can only imagine in, uh, what she was going through, and we can only feel sorry for her. 
and a large crowd was accompanying the woman to bury the son. So they too were probably weeping, and they too were probably questioning God's providence, and they were very, like, like they were down, right? They were, like, as down as you can be. Uh, and they were sharing in the widow's pain, at least to some degree. It's not hard to imagine this situation. But we read it today and feel ourselves um, sad for this poor mother who was a widow and even for the large crowd who uh, knew this woman and they felt sorry for her as well. <clears throat> so you have then this large crowd that's in pain and then de descending upon it is another large crowd that was walking with Christ. This second crowd had a very different disposition and attitude. They have just heard the Beatitudes, the great Beatitudes that our Lord preached this in his great sermon. They have just witnessed the miracle of the healing of the centurion, uh, woman, uh, the centurion servant. And they were likely in a much more pleasant state. They had feelings of victory, feelings of joy and security as they walked with Christ and his disciples. The thoughts of death were probably the last thing on their mind. Yet Christ intently took this crowd that was like in living in a very high state of emotions, very joyful and secure, and descended upon this other crowd with a completely different outlook on life, you know, processing about to bury this poor widow's only son. Christ took these two crowds and collided them together with their striking differences in thought and in feeling and in attitudes. One of deep anguish, grief and despair met suddenly a large crowd that's of great joy, victory, and power. Like two armies kind of, you know, that meet on the battlefield or something. And they collided together. And, the, and there were very striking different uh, attitudes. The crowd with Christ was probably smiling and happy. It's likely, though, that the crowd that was with Christ, as they were walking, smiling and happy, laughing, that they suddenly met this procession. And Christ intently took them. And then their disposition probably changed. Um, they became from joyous to solemn when hearing the cause of the occasion of this great other crowd. And it's fascinating to consider why Christ would take such a large crowd full of joy and, and wonder and glorifying God to now meet the condition of humanity, which is to face death and join it with another crowd, even though they had two opposing attitudes. But this is what our Lord Jesus Christ does. He descends from the glory of heaven to our broken human condition and brings healing and life. He also demands this of us as well. When we live under the shadow of his protection, that we also join ourselves with those that are in grief and are suffering any kind of distress or suffering. Even when we're in a state of stability or joy and peace. When we see others who are suffering or grieving, or going through some kind of difficult time, we descend to feel their pain? Or do we try to stay in our state of comfort, avoiding the, their pain? This is something we can ask ourselves. We can gauge our spiritual condition because of that. Do we descend and meet the people in pain? The reading says that he had compassion on the poor mother and the widow and consoles her and tells her not to weep. He showed great care and love for her, kind of that genuine and sincere compassion that he showed, and that really is reflected throughout the Gospels. We see in, for example, Matthew, um, 
uh, I believe chapter 14, when it says, Jesus went out and he saw the great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. And in Matthew 15, he says, I have compassion on the multitude because they have continued with me. And in Matthew 20, we see that Christ showed compassion on the two blind men who begged for his mercy. So Jesus, it says in, in scripture, Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight. Jesus wept. At the other time he rose somebody from the dead, he had a genuine feeling of compassion for the people who mourned the death of Lazarus and he wept. And in today's reading, with the lady who was a widow and who's the only, whose only son died, it says he had compassion on her. It was that true and sincere type of compassion which is able to bear and share in the anguish and pain of others. Not some kind of just superficial one, but one that actually shares the pain. He descended with the crowd that followed him to a level of those who were grieving. We can say that he bowed the heavens so that those who were in oppression may experience his life-giving presence. On the very personal level, but also on the on a level common to all of humanity, because though he was compassionate on these specific instances, he uh, saw the situations on a much larger scale. He was thinking what afflicts humanity as a whole, and the entire human race. He sees what sin has done to us, how it brought us from that perfect bliss that we were living in in paradise, and how sin entered into our life and we had to leave paradise, how death entered into our, our life, and every misery after Adam and Eve, uh, and that's still going on today, is a consequence of sin, and he has compassion on us. He feels for what has become of his crown of creation, which is the human being. But because of this, he descends upon the, that condition. And because of his presence in the life of this widowed woman, he came and he touched the coffin with his blessed hands. And because he blessed and touched this coffin, the man rose again from the dead. And this is what happens when Christ comes in our presence. He even raises us from whatever depth of problems we have. But it's also a lesson for us, too, to remember God's compassion and have the same kind of compassion towards other people. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. And in Luke chapter 6, Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. And in Romans chapter 12, Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Somebody who weeps with someone else who's weeping is sharing in their anguish. He's sharing in their thoughts. He's sharing in their problems. He's not just superficially saying, oh, uh, I'm so sorry you went through this. You know, God bless you, and he leaves. But he's actually descending with a genuine compassion, weeping with those who weep. And it may be difficult at times to show such compassion, especially to those who have wronged us. As I'm sure it was difficult for the crowd also that was with Christ to descend to the grief of the mother when they were in complete happiness and security walking with Christ. They were, they were just fine, but they descended and shared in the compassion of the, uh, the poor widow who had uh, her, um, her son uh, who died, her only son. 
But it becomes a lot easier, though, to have compassion on those kind of people when we ourselves are the recipient of God's compassion, when we remind ourselves of that. Descending to the grief of others, we do so remembering God's compassion, but also remembering faith. We believe in the complete victory of our Lord Jesus Christ, especially in the resurrection from the dead, as this miracle shows, that it will be a reality and will indeed come to pass one day. We read that our Lord raised three people from the dead, saying, Little girl, I say to you, arise. To Lazarus, he says, Lazarus, come forth. And as we read today, he says, Young man, I say to you, arise. And he says these things to us as well, that we can rise against those things that cause death, which is sin. When we rise against those things, our Lord is constantly calling us to rise and enjoy the life with him. So we shouldn't be surprised that in the last days, as um, it says in Scripture, all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So Christians who encounter others who are in grief or distress are commanded to descend, just like this other crowd did today, to their level and feel their pain. But we do feel their pain, not with despair, but with faith. To weep with those who weep, but with faith. To genuinely have sympathy for each other, but again with faith. To bring warmth to the hearts, to those who need it, again with faith. And faith in, in the Lord's ultimate victory. To bear each other's burdens with faith. But most importantly, to bring them the hope that is in our faith, in our Lord. The crowd that was grieving was met with a crowd that included Christ. The happy crowd brought the presence of Christ to the grieving crowd. We too must do the same. We have Christ with us and we bring Christ with us into the world, into our workplaces, into our schools that we go to, into every sphere of life or and every person we have in our sphere of life. As Isaiah the prophet said, the dead will live together with my dead body. They shall arise, sing, and awake, you who dwell in the dust, for your dew is like the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. There is no failure where the ever-victorious Lord Jesus Christ is, when he's invited to take charge or when he takes charge because of his compassion. Sometimes he just does so without us even asking, thank God. He will bring victory in the same place where there was defeat. And in today's story, who was it that saw the victory of Christ? Those who surrounded the grieving mother, supporting her, and who wept with her, they saw the victory of Christ. The, the people, the joyous crowd, who descended to the level of the grief of the poor widow, they also saw the victory of Christ. When we show personal sacrifice, when we weep with those who weep, and rejoice with those who rejoice, then we put ourselves in the place where Christ is. We see him working and we also see his victory. We see his presence in a very real way, not some theoretical way, like we read in scriptures, not in some kind of, um, you know, uh, like a, 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 in a level that's not touchable, but in a real tangible way, we encounter the Lord Jesus Christ, but only when we weep with those who weep and we enter into the service and actually uh, take up the, uh, the effort with, with the apostles. Christ brought the crowd that was with him to join in the suffering of the crowd that was surrounding and consoling the mother. And our loving Lord then touches the coffin with his blessed hands and commands the young man to rise from the dead. And the young man began to speak, and he was given to his mother. Then the reading goes on to say that both of the large crowds together, everyone witnessing this great miracle, 
fell into fear at this young man who rose from the dead, almost about to be buried. And they proclaimed together, this is a great prophet among us, and God has visited his people. So both crowds came together to praise God. It's similar to how the saints in heaven, they descend with their prayers to join with us, even though we're the struggling church here on earth. They're the victorious church in heaven. They pray for us and they descend for us until that ultimate uh, you know, victory is achieved in heaven with the second coming of our Lord. So may the Lord always cause us to remember both the Lord's compassion for us and the, the Lord's compassion for other people as well, that we share in the Lord's compassion with other people, and so that all of us together may glorify to whom be glory forever. Amen.